Hi folks, you're about to hear the show. It's not very good, but stick with it. I mean, if you want to, or do something else, it's completely up to you. Um, I just wanted to put a little insert that I meant to mention during our first recording. Anyone that follows me on Twitter will have seen this. Um, but uh, And you might not have heard this because this is depends on what region you are and it was removed pretty quickly. But the way our advertising works is we just send a little, we put a little thing saying we want an ad put in here, but we have uh, the option to um, block certain categories of advertising. And one of the ones that we block is gambling because, uh, well, for lots of reasons that I could talk about at length, about how essentially the gambling industry trying to present itself as a harmless accompaniment to football is genuinely evil. Um, but anyway, uh, there was an error at the people that do our adverts and the block list didn't kick in on the advert. And you might have heard uh, an advert for a really gross gambling company uh, on last week's show. Just wanted to say, like, that's not a change of policy here. That was a, a mistake that was then rectified and... Uh, yeah, very much hope that won't happen again. Anyway, enjoy the show. Uh, we love you. Bye. And also, hello, because you're about to hear us say hello. Here's the theme tune. Well, that's an hour and 45 minutes of our lives we're never getting back then, Ed. Yes. Uh, what, you mean Liverpool-Fulham, which is just concluded as we're recording this? <laughs> well, I would say that that was considerably more exciting than uh, Manchester United nil, Manchester no, City no, nil. No, no, was... no, no, Paul. This was the, the most control, the best performance United have put in against City during Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's time. Didn't you hear the manager? Pay attention to the manager. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I actually, to be honest, I did not hear the manager. Is that literally, I literally did not hear the manager. So Yes, best performance said, huh? United have put in against City during Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's time in charge. And bearing in mind, we beat them three times last season. It's a it's a bold claim there, Ole. I, I, <laughs> look, I understand what he's trying to say. I'm taking the piss, of course. But he is trying to say that United had a lot of control. And that is actually true. You know, the in terms of the narrative of the game, sorry to use a, a Rankcast word there, uh, we, uh, United, were, were never out of control. City, it was only really in the last sort of 15 minutes of the game that City were doing most of the attacking. But before that, uh, United had long periods where they had a decent amount of possession. And the possession that City had, and it was like 50, what was it, like, 55, 45 or something like that in possession, or 54, uh, 46, uh, was largely in front of United and there weren't too many moments where um, it, there was real trouble. There were a few, uh, but there weren't too many and that, that's what he's trying to get at, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be interested to go through the numbers and see if that was the least XG we had conceded against City since uh, Ollie's time. I suspect that might be. It was one and a half or something like that. But we didn't exactly create much. I mean, we've created considerably more and better chances against City in, in other games. And um, I, I wonder how much of the control that United had. I mean, I, I thought there were some decent performances in there. 
Um, but I wonder how much of the controls just actually City are just not very good this season. I mean, we talked about it a bit on the, the show beforehand when we previewed the game, but the idea that they've sort of clicked into top gear, I mean, they've put in a couple of good performances, but they they still seem to, you know, City fans are very frustrated with a lot of what's going on at, yeah. at on the pitch with them. Well, that's true. I mean, 1.3 XG for City, right? So that would tell you that's considerably below not only their season average, but what probably expect uh, mm. against uh, against United, a United side that was um, we thought was going to sit back perhaps more, or at least I thought it was going to sit back a little bit more than, than United did in this game. Um, I mean, you're absolutely true to say that uh, f- for whatever control that United may have had and, and all the positives Oli pointed out, uh, there was absolutely nothing done with it. I mean, just didn't fashion a decent chance at all, really. I mean, late Bruno Fernandes drive that went wide, but it wasn't exactly a nailed on under the crossbar chance, was it? So No, I mean he had he had the one that came to him much more centrally, I think, inside the box that he sort of slightly lashed at and it just trickled to Edison. Bruno got voted man of the match on Monday United Twitter, which is absolutely, absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, sixty eight percent past Completion rate for Bruno in this game. I mean, he only made thirty odd passes as well, com- completed passes. Yeah, which yeah, was... and it's, it's like the. I mean, those raw data. He could easily have a game where he was definitely man of the match with sixty eight percent pass completion, definitely. But this was not that game. Um, I, I actually, I think I would give him man of the match to Harry Maguire, which is uh, not something you defended thought you'd say, well with got... the one moment where he ha- who did he down and got. A yellow card late in the game and and gave Brian the opportunity from the free kick. Someone, mm, anyway, can't yeah. remember who. One um, moment, but, uh, he but, also, but generally speaking, he, well, good defending, you know. So. Yeah, blocked a lot of shots. Really put a footing in the right way a lot of times, and you know he he has got and will continue to get a lots of criticism for the games where he makes big obvious mistakes. But I thought, um, I thought in this game, his only big obvious mistake was uh, the. Uh, passion with which he embraced John Stones at the end of the game. Now, listen, Gun. P-A-S. this is, this is um, I, I completely understand why the two of them, I mean, they're, they're, they grew up together. They, you know, th- they are close, close friends. They play for England together. They, they were at the same club, right? At one point, um, were they both at Hull? Have I made that up? Anyway, uh, I feel like they, they had, they have some history. I think you together. made it up. I could be wrong. Where did Stones come to City from? Everton. And where did he go to Everton from? That's what I meant. Don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, think, I feel like they. they I, I mean, look, they go I, back, I, I but... know people are going to get excited about that. Um, and I, Roy Keane certainly did. Um, you know, I can't remember what exactly he said, but something along the lines of shouldn't you be punching each other? Uh, it <laughs> may have been exactly that as well. Uh, I, I do think the uh, the daisy chaining should be for off the pitch, away from the cameras. If you you know you're really uh, desperate to give each other a hug, uh, do it then. It, it does. It sends a funny signal out, but I, you know I don't care about it that much. I wonder whether part of this is just that as soon as they go back, they're kept in separate. They can't they can't interact behind the scenes anymore. Um, so the pitch is the only place they're allowed to interact. Um, so anyway, because of you know coronavirus mm. stuff. But anyway, coming um, coming back to United's defending, couldn't we have done that last Tuesday, lads? Just just saying, just a thrown it out there. 
Perhaps we couldn't have defended like a bunch of schoolboys in the Champions League in a crucial game. Don't know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And and you can say there's... I mean, Ole is, talks constantly about improvement as if it's linear. And I just... He's just He just sounds delusional. I mean, I know he's not delusional. He just sounds it when he talks about United's imp- relentless improvement as if it's a thing, when it, when it clearly isn't. Because whatever control we had, there's no functional attacking play in that game whatsoever. There was the odd moment of decent interplay, weirdly, often down the right-hand side, where McTominay and uh, Wan-Bissaka linked up with Bruno a couple of times to, to open up some doors and there was a couple a of times I'm not going to call that pattern though are you no exactly exactly that's what I'm saying there was just some nice interplay there was the one where Bruno um you just knew like they, they he did brilliantly to flick the ball with the outside of his boot to create a one-two getting the ball in acres of space with Mason tearing through and in that moment you just knew this through ball ain't getting where it's supposed to go and the through ball is pretty lame but no I mean I I, I just found United's overall performance really disappointing in terms of, I mean, honestly, like disappointing in terms of intensity and desire, which is not something I'd really like talking about. But seriously, like this was a derby that needed a crowd really badly. As soon as this is the one started, I thought in the context of that Champions League game, like December late kickoffs, well, kickoffs after dark in December at Old Trafford against Man City, the place would have been absolutely rocking and it would have been a completely different game, I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that there is a, a level of intensity. I mean, I, look, I, I think uh, pundits feed off the crowd as well and they, there's probably a, an awful lot commented about the lack of crowd and it being a training match and so on and so on because uh, it feels like it when you can hear the play, players shouting at each other. Um but clearly, looking at the data, it's clearly had an impact on the results that have been gained, especially by hope teams. So mm. it clearly has an impact. And, and you're right to say for sure that it would have been rocking. I mean, Old Trafford doesn't always rock, uh, but against City no, but under it does the lights. Yeah. 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 So. Um, uh, what did you think of the starting 11? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the surprise, I suppose, was um, not just Pogba's, Pogba's inclusion, but the shape of the the team. He sort of played on the left hand side of a diamond um, with some freedom, but he, not a lot. I mean, he played a very disciplined game, I think, and and you know, a reasonably effective, if very disciplined game. Didn't have a, much of an impact in a king sense, but then again, nobody did. I, I, I look the the problem and and uh, at the risk of repeating myself, the problem with that formation is that uh, for the most part, Wan Bazaka and Luke Shaw are better defensive fullbacks than they are attacking fullbacks. So Luke Shaw's not a better defensive fullback <laughs> than he is an attacking fullback. Well, I don't know about that. That's the thing. Um, I think he's improved somewhat over the last year or so, and he's defending. He defended okay in this game. He's defended yeah. pretty well in the back three. You know, and I, I know. For the first part of his career at United, the promise was always like he's got all that pace, he can get forward, he likes getting forward. That's what he was as a teenager. That's why United paid the money because you've got that that kind of raw attacking ability and you can coach the defensive side. It's hard to do it the other way around as Ollie's finding out with the whole team. Uh, and that's why United paid a world record fee for a defender. Now, post the leg break, 
it's, he's obviously had years of sort of little injuries, which are probably biomechanical in nature, and they've you know, stalled his uh, progress as a player. And and I think he's a lot lost a lot of that attacking piece. I mean, it just shows in the numbers, right? Just almost nothing in terms of output. Um, so he's got to the point where I, I think he's matured as a defensive player. There's still errors for sure, um, and, but it does offers not much as an attacking player. Anyway, that was a rambly piece, but just to say, I, I, it always worries me when we're in this very narrow formation because the reliance from an attacking point of view on either the magic ball from Bruno, um, who's playing between the lines, in front, behind two pretty static forwards when you're playing in that formation, and then the reliance on the fullbacks, and you know, you know, you can get caught out. But uh, obviously, Ollie's gone into this game feeling that's a sound defensive block because he can have two runners plus Pogba being disciplined. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think I think the the biggest thing about this starting eleven that worried me before the beginning of the game wasn't even something in the manager's control because he essentially had to pick Greenwood and Rashford up front um, in a way, unless he was going to go with one up front. I almost wish he had gone with one up front and uh, packed the midfield with runners given the freedom to break from midfield because Greenwood and Rashford as a front two split inside forwards, basically. I mean, this is just, this is just not an effective combination so far at all. And, you know, Rashford is clearly, has been clearly struggling for six months, whether that's, well, clearly a lot of that was in, is injury has been injury related. His confidence definitely seems up and down. There are moments when he's absolutely excellent, but there are moment, extended periods where his form has dipped quite significantly. Um, and Greenwood's very young, but anyway, the, the two of them just play that system in a way where there's just this big gap between the two of them a lot of the time. And this mm. is York and Cole, they are not, right? They're, this is not two two centre forwards into playing. I mean, they're not even, you know, even if you had Martial and Rashford, I think they would be, they'd be closer together. There'd be more interaction between the two of them. It, it's just a formation that, that a combination that just has not worked at all, I don't think. Yeah, that, look, that, that may come with time and experience. Of course, Greenwood's still very raw I and mean, he's got all the tools, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and Rashford, for the most part, has been more effective as an inside forward rather than, Sort of up front in the two, although of course they you know, they go wide. They just it's not their starting point in that formation. Um, so yeah, I I thought uh, predominantly that was from a defensive point of view. Thinking about uh, if you shut City out and and you know make them play in front of United, then um, you can you've got a platform on which to build. What what it did do, of course, is United didn't break very well. I mean, the thing that we done against City for the last few times that uh, Oli's team has emerged victorious in this game is, is break and um, uh, the fact that often Pep's side has played a midfielder in defence or not too many sort of uh, Fernandinho played in this one but he's getting on a bit or you know they commit a lot of players forward so there's the opportunity to break against them it's always been the way with Pep's sides and, and Oli's exploited that in previous games but not in this one different pattern of play. Mm. Yeah, um, but even when City were, you know, in the periods where City were dominant, there was a lot of kind of abortive counter-attacks where, you know, just just the final ball was missing or or whatever. I mean, you know, 
I guess we take a draw against them, given the context. But it just it just was a waste of everyone's time and energy, right? The, the, the whole world would have been completely fine if this game had never happened and you just give these both of these teams one point. And that, that can happen in football, isn't it? You know, you can... This is not... This is not wrestling. We don't know that we are guaranteed entertainment. Uh, this is actual yes. sport. The, the boring thing can happen in football, not the two teams like are just given the point. Oh, that, that's only no, West Germany no, I mean, and Austria. Can be boring. Uh, <laughs> reference uh, very old World and Cup. Sw- Sweden and Denmark. Yeah, oh, controversial. The two all. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway. Um, have we got much more to say about this? Uh, 16 minutes into this podcast. Uh, that's it. Done, folks. Uh, see you next yeah, week. Yeah, bye. That's that's 16 minutes with us talking for a few minutes before we start, started as well. So it's probably about 12. Um, I don't really have anything to say. I mean, I guess you could say it, maybe it would have been nice to change some stuff up off the bench. But really, his options were deeply limited. I mean, Cavani and Martial both being... I brought Martial on late. He did look a little brighter than what was going on around him. Uh, there was the Rashford penalty where um, Kyle Walker smashed into his foot, but he was offside and he he was offside. So not much to say about that, really. Um, I also want to mention it wasn't just Stones and Maguire locked in a, a loving embrace. Uh, Guardiola and Michael Carrick essentially walked up the touchline hand in hand after that one, which, you know, I'm all for. I think, you know, an end to toxic masculinity is is greatly to be appreciated. Um, but after a kind of really damp squib of a derby, everyone looking delighted and cuddling each other at the end was a bit, you know... It, it, you, want it a, you want a good manly handshake. That's what you want at the end. Yeah. It, it it contributed to the feeling of training ground, yes. I think. And it certainly contributed to the feeling that both managers somehow were happy with a nil-nil. And this is where context is absolutely crucial, right? Because, you know, um, the number of games that these teams are going to be playing in the next few weeks is absolutely insane. It, so, it is. And and I think... I think um, sorry, I interrupted you. Um, no, no, jump in. I've talked loads. <laughs> Um, I, I think it's one of the things that's on Pep's mind. I think it's one of the things, one of the reasons why they're scoring fewer goals. I think he's trying to manage uh, the intensity of their performances a little bit. Um, although they are quite efficient as a team when they have 70% possession, um, it was just a little bit weird that United made one substitution in the 74th minute. Did City make any? Did Did they? Can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, oh Torres, Ferran Torres came on. Yeah. Uh, so one substitution each. Both managers have been talking about having five substitutions, and they make one each. It's you know yeah. it feels a bit weird. Now there's an alternate theory which goes along something along the lines of if they can't get their the five substitutions and make lots of changes in the game, what they're going to do is rotate more during this period. Yeah. And let the players play out most of the game. Most of the players play out most of the game, but they'll make five changes a game or something like that. And we'll see because we've got five games in the next two weeks or something like that. Six, six, right? Six, yeah. So, Um, which is an awful lot of football. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 the thing is about that is a lot of it's going to be really low quality, which is which is apart from the player safety and the you know that should be a 
a significant concern. Football is an entertainment. That's what that's what it exists for. So when you put so much of it into such short period of time that you basically can't get good entertainment. Do you remember um, in the Van Hal season uh, the the game between Tottenham and United? It was one all. Robin Van Persie scored in the snow. Um, and it's one of the worst games of football you could ever hope to see in your life. And Van Hal said something along the lines of it's not a football match, it's a survival test or something like this. Because this was on the 28th of December after a game on the 26th. And it was just, they were all just clearly exhausted. This felt a bit like a precursor to both teams knowing that that's about to start happening. And kind of already has been yeah. happening. Um, yeah, not making the changes to freshen things up. I, I still, I'm still yeah. finding that hard to square. I mean, you've got Donny van der Beek, who's hardly played any football this season, sat on the bench, kind of player who's going to create, you know, he's, he's an inventive player. He's different skill set. Actually, talking to Van Gaal, Van Gaal um, this week saying that he doesn't understand why van der Beek came, came to United because he's got Pogba and, and Fernandez in the same squad and he's not going to... He's got different qualities. He said not the same qualities, which I thought was kind of cruel, but, you know, it's, that's Van Hal, isn't it? <laughs> and um, he's got different qualities and he's not going to get in the team ahead of them, basically saying something like that. And and so you've got Van der Beek on the bench. He He's an energetic player. He's a runner. He's someone who can make things happen. He's, he's not going to hit a 70-yard Hollywood ball like Pogba, and he's not... Uh, on the whole, going to be trying to slide 27 through balls um, through uh, per game. Uh, he's a different player. Uh, he's a touch player and he needs players around him in close quarters to, for it to all really work. But he adds something and yet he wasn't used. And I'm, I'm beginning to, like early in the season, I was not panicking about Don, Donny van der Beek. I'm beginning to now think it's a bit weird. You know, you've got oh, yeah. a full Dutch international, part of an excellent Ajax side. Um, many of that Ajax side have now gone on to you know, big clubs like United with mixed results, I think people would say. Um, but, um, but you know, and he's an excellent player. And at, at an age 23 where he'd be wanting to play it all the time and not sat on the bench hoping five minutes. Yeah, no, exactly. It is. I completely agree. We are definitely in bit weird territory with Underbait. And especially in a game like that, because I don't know what... You know, Bruno definitely has the Rooney thing. I think I might have mentioned this on the show before, but he definitely has the Rooney thing where he's he might be having an absolute stinker, but you still don't want to take him off because you never know when he's going to smash one into the top corner. I, I totally get that. But you wonder whether actually that game was crying out for him to come off and Van der Beek to be on for the last 10 minutes just to change the dynamic, give, give City some something different to deal with. There's a sort of natural... Because one of the things that happens to Pogba all the time is he ends up surrounded by three players because he's clearly being targeted by the opposition, but there isn't the right movement around him. You'd think that Van der Beek would be someone that could work really well with Pogba in those kind of little settings where they haven't got a lot of room to work in. Um but yeah, it didn't happen. And and I do think partly this was a function of both teams were quite happy to leave there at nil-nil. If they'd nicked one from a set piece, they'd have been buzzing. You know, that was that kind of, it had that feel to it, didn't it? So yeah, we managed to drag out another 
six minutes of content on yeah well game. just just a few notes on a few players i mean we've we brought okay. up a few so Maguire, um you know fine did did well i thought actually lindelof did well as well in in what can be a challenging game for him but both of them really because city moves <laughs> city moves the ball the other- and move players so well that it's, these are the things exact things that Maguire and lindelof normally struggle with I was going to say, like, unlike all the other games, which are no challenge to Victor Lindelof. <laughs> um, football is a challenge for Victor Lindelof, but he's he's trying to meet it. Uh, Wambazaka yeah. did well one-on-one versus Sterling um, a couple of times out of position, but he seems to have the measure of Sterling 1v1, doesn't he? He's a, a bunch of excellent performances in a row, I think. I thought Shaw was fine on the left-hand side yeah, as well, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe the competition is doing well for him. Maybe. So... Yeah, I, I still yeah. think the glass ceiling with him is is a real challenge. It's a different di- glass ceiling. It's not though. His ceiling is quite low um, for the quality of player we'd like him to be, and I don't think he's going to suddenly add a bunch of tools now. Physically, I don't think he can, um, but also in just in terms of his style and play, I think it's too embedded now at twenty five. I, I just don't think he's going to get back to the sort of marauding left back pinging in crosses so, all the time. So so you do we've done two Luke Shaw tangents yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, I know. You, you, you mentioned Luke Shaw and then you can't mention Luke Shaw without assessing his whole career. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's yeah. It's it's deeply baked into my psyche and thinking I lie awake at night thinking about Luke Shaw and his career. Um Freddie McTominay <laughs> I mean, I thought they'd both dreadful, honestly. I mean, I know they're doing a job and, and tactically they're sound, uh, but use of the ball and ability to actually help shift the ball from defence to midfield um, was pretty poor from both of them. Um, and, 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 you know, United need to break the line, right? Because, because if, if someone, unless someone's doing that and... and um, McTominay did it to some extent in tandem with Juan Bazaka, didn't you know? He dropped in and and had, and Pogba started shifting backwards late towards the game to try and get the ball. He he does that when he's not he doesn't feel like he's involved, but also tactically it sort of helps shift the ball through the team. Um, but if if someone's not doing that, then the only person who's playing in between any lines is Bruno, right? And and yeah. he's only going one way. It's not like he's he's you know he's a high eight, not a false nine. And and so then you have to make a decision about Bruno, but he's really the only one. Uh, and so it's not that difficult a defensive decision. Now, can you stop him doing something with the ball? Probably not. Um, but to control his use of space, yes. Yeah, and, and then you're reduced to uh, a flip of a coin for United as to whether they're going to create significant chances or not, which is, is Bruno having a good day or a bad day? And that's yeah. the only function of whether we're playing well or not, basically. Yeah, and it used I mean, to be the, is Pogba having a good day or a bad day? Right, now it's yeah, not. Yeah, right. Pogba's and, mostly and, having a bad day, but... Yeah. Well, except, the, except he's been completely, well, better than fine on the pitch for every game since Royal has said what he said. Because <laughs> it's very true. You know, I mean, Pogba Oli came out of the game just, you know, while we're talking about Pogba and said, look, it's all clear between us um, and he's part of the squad. He's given a thousand percent. Oh, did he say a thousand percent or did he Pogba say a thousand percent? Pogba said a thousand percent. Pogba said a thousand percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm fusing the two quotes together. But, uh, yeah, you know, hey, may- maybe that will buy them all a bit of time until the end of January when United... Uh, 
having negotiated to sell him with Juventus for 800 million or accept a 20 million pound bid and he'll be gone something like that seems plausible all right let's uh let's take a break and then what we're going to preview Sheffield United have we got other things that we need to talk about as well I feel like there isn't really much other news apart from the Pogba thing yeah let's let's take a break and then we'll we'll try and work something out Here we are with some more content. Um, uh, this we should say at this point uh, because of me. This is this is not Ed's doing at all. We're taking a break over Christmas, um, so this is our penultimate podcast of the year. We're going to do a show after Sheffield United, um, and then we're going to do one again that first week of January. So we're previewing um, all the games from now until <laughs> January, and you've got detailed notes on all of them, right? Something like that. Uh, no, we're playing Sheffield United. Uh, now, Patreon backers will know that in spite of the fact that Sheffield United have one brackets O-N-E point uh, this season so far, for the most part, they've been a little bit better than that. That has started to stop happening now as the sheer weight of them only having one brackets O-N-E points uh, for this season is clearly starting to tell on the manager, the players. They are they are in their own heads. And it's a shame because, you know, last season they did amazing things. I really like Chris Wilder's attitude to, uh, to football, if not to player safety in teams that don't play for him. Um, but, the, you know, the overlapping centre-backs, etc., etc. He played fun football. And they've played a lot of fun football this season. It just wasn't happening for them at the start of the season. And now, you know, they're, they are, they're clearly struggling. They just got smashed by Ralph Hasenhutl's high-flying Saints. Yeah, and I, I think it can, it can be... It's a truism, but it's also very true that if you don't get results, the momentum sort of shifts against you and you start playing badly as well. So... I mean, just looking at their... They've lost everyone. <laughs> I mean, everyone bar Fulham. But but all the... You know, just like really crucial games for them as well. And uh, they, they are in deep, deep trouble. And, and I, how they turn this yeah. around without having some big, you know, big result that switches the momentum for them... Uh, he's looking at you, Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof. <laughs> um, I just don't know. I think they're in desperate, desperate trouble. I mean, we're not quite at the halfway stage of the season, are we? Uh, um, and because it started late, so uh, what are we? Twelve games into the season now. So yeah, United. We've played eleven. Most people have played twelve. Right. So, so we're coming. We're almost at a third of the season. So there is yeah. time, but it has to start moving soon. Otherwise, yeah. uh, they will get themselves in in real big trouble. So, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, and look, uh, the tactical innovation of having—I uh, mean, I don't know—it's innovation, but uh, the the tactic of having um, centre backs who move forward with the ball into wide areas, which of course Terry Venables England did at Euro '96, uh, is it, it was a style of play that most other, well, no other Premier League teams were playing. Um, but I think a few teams have, have found that out now. Not least if, uh, which is true, 
more teams pressed them, which means they don't have the opportunity to to build play from the back in quite the same way. Uh, and 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 then their sort of key innovation gets broken up, and they they can't overload in midfield, and and then they're falling back on actually not having that many really good players. Yeah, I mean they got hammered by Southampton today. I haven't actually seen any of that game, but I'm just looking at the numbers and they had three shots and Southampton had a lot more than three shots and and it, it was, you know, they just weren't able to get anything together, clearly. And that hasn't always been the case, but that's a couple of games in a row where they've had very, very low volume of shots. So um, the question then becomes, how good or bad are United going to be what sort of what sort of formation? Because, I mean, we are literally at this point changing formation between every game. Mm. So he 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 went back to. I mean, in theory, we played a diamond against City, but it didn't really look like a diamond, did it? It wasn't like very clearly one at the base, one on the right, one on the left, one at the front. I mean, Fred was in theory at the base with McTominay on no, the no, right. It looked like a triple pivot in front of the back four. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. It looked like four three one two is is what that formation looked like. With, with the old football manager three DMCs when you're uh, when you're defending, you know, um, I, I, he's not going to do that again. No, he won't do. I mean, look, not least because Sheffield United can't score goals. Just looking at their goals this season: two from penalties, two from corners, and one goal from open play. Yeah. One ONE goal from yeah. open play from 123 <laughs> shots. I mean, which is, uh, sorry, 84 shots, 123 against. And which is abso- it's absolutely shocking data. I mean, that's, I mean, what that says to United is don't give, give away silly fouls. Yeah. And more Uh-oh. than likely, you're going to win this game. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's always horrible doing a preview, being like, this opposition are absolutely rubbish. They're playing really terribly and United should win this game easily. But what are we supposed to say when they're absolutely rubbish, they've been doing terribly and United should win this game easily? You know, that that's what should happen, whether it does or not. So um, I guess Martial will be back, which is you could then play a front three of Rashford, Martial and Greenwood um, and then play... I mean, he's not going to play a 4-3-3. He's going to pick either Olaf Pogba alongside Fred um, or he'll, with Bruno ahead of them, or he might play Van der Beek ahead of them and give Bruno a rest. Um, the, the interesting, well, should mention, of course, this game, Man United have been absolutely bantered off by the Premier League because this game is kicking off on Thursday at 8 o'clock. Now that is insulting. I cannot <laughs> believe they're like, oh, Thursday night, is it, lads? Here you go. Let's start the, <laughs> the Thursday-Sunday train running. Yeah, but I mean, saying... Thursday-Sunday, it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's a late game on Sunday, at least. At least it isn't like a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. But it's against Leeds, and that's a, that's a high-energy game. So, you know, I'm just trying to think about you know, who, who where the changes might come. Because they're going to have to come. They're going to have to with all... So, Sheffield United leads um, the Everton games, uh, EFL Cup game. So, I guess there'll be a lot of changes for that. Leicester Wolves, and that's all before the new year. Yeah. No, I mean, it's. I mean, it's that's Thursday, a brutal schedule. Brutal. Th- Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, 
You're, you're trying to add it Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday, Friday, I think, or possibly Saturday. Whatever way you look at it, it's really rough for for this run of fixtures. And that, that Everton game is going to be a write-off, isn't it? That, that AFL Cup game. Um, although it's a quarter-final. And by far United's best chance of silverware. Oh, so. for sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, there have been quite a few pundits uh, recently, especially since the Champions League exit, that have said something along the lines of, yeah, OK, fine to give Ollie time, but he needs a trophy. Uh, but he kind of does, doesn't he? Because uh, yeah, although history although, tells us that 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 doesn't do anything for you with the no, I know, board. but it's all about it's uh, it's about feeling, isn't it? It's about good feeling and a sense of you know received glory. Uh, the sponsors like it. I mean, I like the read more. The fans definitely like it, and it takes pressure off the manager because there won't be the discussion about Pogba's not Pogba Solskjaer's future quite as much if he walks away with, you know, a big but silver I, I pot. No, I don't understand the logic of that. They sacked Van Gaal while he was on the way up the stairs at Wembley to collect the pot that he won. Mourinho yes, but that won... was in the old days when they sacked managers for not making it into the Champions League. If United finish fifth this season and it feels like this, you know, it's not a total disaster, I don't think they'll sack Solskjaer. So, but... The, but Really? I, d- I don't know. Do you think he has to get in the Champions League to survive? They they are wedded to this ship. The... I'm talking much more about the the kind of sense of of you know good feeling uh, in the media and um, especially amongst the fan base. If he wins a trophy, it's all much better. Not perfect, but much better. Mm. You know. Yeah, yeah. So. I guess so. Um, I mean, I just Mourinho won three trophies. Not the season he was sacked, but, but the, the got, one before got, that. Mourinho got sacked for burning the place to the ground yeah. and everyone could see it. Van Hal got yeah. sacked because he didn't make the Champions League. Yeah. Moyes got sacked because he didn't make the Champions League. He got sacked on yeah. the day they couldn't make the Champions League. Since then, though, they've had a, a change of mind, right? Which is, no, no, we need a, we can't keep doing this. We need a reset. This is the story, right? Yeah. Um, and Woodward is... Is absolutely tied to it. Now, maybe he's completely unsackable, Woodward, and he doesn't feel any pressure. And he would, and I'm completely wrong, and he'd sack uh, Solskjaer with impunity if United didn't make the Champions League again. And it's okay because none of the stench of failure on the pitch ever rubs off on him, and he's completely Teflon wood. Wood doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, in a way, they. They called Tony Blair Teflon Tony years ago because nothing stuck to him because he was so f-ing shiny um, that it was all, you know, whatever he did in politics, he came out smelling of roses. Now, that seems to be how Woodward is with the Glazers, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it feels like more than any other manager, Woodward is tied to this one. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I, I guess that's true. And, and maybe... Maybe that that enhances the value of a trophy compared to what it did for Mourinho and Van Gaal. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe I'm just talking nonsense and um, Solskjaer will play all the kids in this game against Everton. I, I guess that's we'll not going to happen, though. So. I mean, he's got to do something because the first team isn't going to... They aren't going to make it through. Their hamstrings are not going to make it through. We're going to get major injuries during this period of time, players out for... Yeah. 
you know, it's, it's almost impossible that that doesn't happen. So we're fortunate there isn't a really long backlog right now that it can all pile on top of. I mean, you look at Liverpool and they've got three of their central defenders out now. Yeah. Um, only needs Jordan Henderson's hamstrings and his funny gait to go. And, and they haven't got anyone who can play at the back. Yeah. I mean, Fabinho's doing a good job there, but, you know. I don't know about him doing that. Well, this is backers content. Not sure he was that good today. No, no. <laughs> today was... The, no, none of them were that good today, which is always good to see. Um, the... The... One of the, sp- the places he can make some changes is at left back. I wonder whether he'll rest sure at this one because he'll want sure against Leeds because the perception that he's more defensive might even play a back free against Leeds, I think. That's not impossible. So I wonder whether we'll see Tellez at left back. I mean, you can certainly afford to have Tellez at left back in this game for his improved, like his better distribution, um, his better delivery of set pieces and all that kind of stuff. So kind of hope we see Tellez really. Um, and I, I would really I like... I don't see any particularly good reason why you don't just play Pogba, Van der Beek and Fernandes as a midfield three. Like Pogba, Van der Beek, Fernandes, Rashford, Greenwood, Martial. If that if that's the starting eleven, then I'll be excited for this game. Yeah, although you might be wasting a lot of your big guns on a on a game you really should be winning, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. There's so much to um, come. Yeah, who knows? I I can I don't know what the side would be. Luckily, we don't predict that. Only yeah. Uh, make terrible predictions with uh with the score line but um yeah i mean one of the things we sometimes do is talking about talk about the opposition's key players i mean this season they just don't have any they they've they have just been uh like just completely they've been rendered completely dysfunctional and and neutralized by by the fact that it just like everything broke bad for them for two months in a row um yeah, I, I guess mean, the, the the weird thing is, of course, is Sheffield United. They're not. They didn't radically change the squad over the summer, right? It's mostly the same players that were performing well last season. Well, yeah, and for most of this season, they were performing quite well. Um, and it's only really as things have started to spiral, which is just that's just a thing that happens in football, isn't it? We know this. It's a it's a pattern that that happens in football. All right. Well. Sorry, this has been a rubbish show for the penultimate show of the <laughs> um, year. Um, positive note to end on. Um, oh, yeah. The women's team still top of the WSL. We didn't mention yeah. it last week, but beat Aston Villa last weekend, beat Reading today, Sunday. So Fairly attritional win today, I believe. Yeah, um, uh, and, um, you know, three points. Played a game more than Chelsea, but three points ahead of Chelsea. It's a, it's a short season. They don't play a lot of football. Um, so in nine games into a 22-game season. So approaching the halfway stage, they played two cup competitions. You know, it's still in both. I haven't started one of them and still in the Conti Cup. Um, so, you know, very positive season so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were we had a question from a listener. I can't remember who it was, sorry. Um, saying, should we be starting to talk about giving Casey Stoney the men's team job? And uh don't think we're quite there as a society, but... It might be quite good if we were. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting, like, <laughs> she's a very young coach with no experience and, um, uh, and but doing a phenomenal job in taking a really young side, both in terms of the age of the players, but also it's just, you know, it's only two and a bit years old as a 
a team and, and molding it into something really high quality very quickly. Um, I, I do think the premise of that kind of question, because you see quite a lot on, on social media, is just a little bit patronising, the idea that, you know, um, I mean, I, uh, yes, it, it's a bigger job, the men's team, because of the money and the popularity and the coverage and the intensity and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, she's got one of the biggest jobs in women's football, just let it be what it is. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I think more but, but than anything you'd love else, it because you'd be going on about the manageress every bloody week. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just because my dad was forty years ahead of his time, I watched a. a anyway, now I'm not going to do this. It was a big tangent I was about to go off, which I shall save for off the air. Um, all right, uh, that'll do. We're going to beat Sheffield United two 0 in my opinion. Yeah. It's not yeah. really my opinion. I have no real opinion. It's a two numbers, I'm guessing. I mean, they're, they're so bad, aren't they? They're so bad, and we're not going to be under any defensive pressure. So it's obvious that Sheffield United are going to win 1-0. No, I'm going to go for a 3-0 win, because okay. why not? I mean, the one thing that I just desperately hope is that we just look decent. Because it's been a long time. Like, when did we last? I mean, we looked decent for 20 minutes against West Ham, maybe half an hour. Um, we looked dis- decent for ten minutes against Southampton. Ten minutes against Leipzig. Like when? When did we last look good? From sort of not necessarily start to finish, but for the majority of a match. I, I just you know it's been a while. So yeah. Anyway, that'll do. I've run out of things to say. So great, Patreon backers, stay tuned for more of this. And everyone else, we'll uh, we'll see you after the, the comfortable victory. <clears throat> against Sheffield United. <laughs> See you on Friday. <laughs>